pressed through a filter of jazzy soul. It's urban pop music marinated in classic bebop with a jungle streak. Oh, it sounds whack when I describe it, but I'd be happy to send you a few songs if you want to take a listen. Before we get back to what happened then, I want to know a little more about you. How did you come up with this idea? Why do you want to tell Samuel's story? Who else have you talked to? Guppy says it was the end of his shift when Samuel came out of the elevator. It was 9.30, but his grandmother had been up since seven and was asking about him every ten minutes. By the time he finally arrived, she'd fallen asleep. How is she? Samuel asked, stifling a yawn. It seems to be a good day today, I said. Are you moving in? Samuel smiled and looked down at the plastic bag, which was as full as a trash bag. No, no, just a few things from her house. Nostalgia stuff. Thought it might be nice to have. For you or for her? Both. Have you heard this classic? Samuel dug a CD out of the bag. On the cover was a transparent toy piano full of candies. Ear Candy 7? Samuel nodded. By Lars Roos, also famous for the masterpieces Ear Candy 1 through 6. Grandma listened to him all the time when I was little. Samuel walked over to his grandma, who was sitting in the TV room and napping. She was wearing white shoes, a thin beige jacket, and a skirt whose colour I don't remember. Her suitcase stood next to her. I tried to explain that she didn't need it, that she was only going to the hospital, and then she would come back. But she contradicted me. She said she had to bring it along, and if there was anything I'd learned in my time here, it was that you couldn't change her mind once she had made it up. I'm not stubborn, she liked to say, but I never give in. Okay, take it easy, put your CV away. I don't give a crap which publisher does your books, I don't care what else you've written. I'm just curious as to what about your personal history makes you the right person to tell this story. What made you want to write about Samuel? Guppy says that Samuel stood there looking at his grandma for a minute or two before he woke her up. She was snoring. She was sitting there with her mouth like this. He opens his mouth wide as if he's trying to tan the back of his throat by the fluorescent ceiling light. Her suitcase was beside her and when Samuel opened it, out fell tea light holders, a cake slice and two remote controls. Samuel patted her cheek, touches his own cheek twice, closes his eyes, and she gave a start and rubbed her eyes. She looked at her grandson. For a second or two, it was as if she didn't remember him. Then she smiled and cried, makes his arms into airplane wings. At last, and then, what a surprise. They went to her room. When they came back out, Samuel was wearing this mangy brown fur hat. He had the suitcase and plastic bag in one hand, and he was using his other arm to steady his grandmother. We're off, she cried with a wave. It was nice running into you. She looked happy. Happy in a way she never was otherwise. Looks sad. Okay, I understand. I'm sorry. I don't really know what to say.
Guppy says that the first thing Samuel's grandma did when she moved in was accuse all the dark-skinned men who worked at the home of theft. She was convinced that we snuck in at night and took her pearl necklaces, no matter how many times her children and grandchildren tried to tell her that her pearl necklaces were safe and sound in the safe deposit box at the bank. I don't know if she even had any pearls, but she would hide her jewellery box under her bed, and two hours later she would ring the call button and say that she was the victim of another robbery. Her family apologised. They said she had never been like this before. They told stories about how she'd worked as a teacher in a poverty-stricken area and started a club in her congregation to raise hundreds of thousands of kroner to build schools in African countries. She sold things at flea markets and ripped up sheets so they could be used as bandages in Romanian hospitals. And once, when her contact at an orphanage in Latvia couldn't find a driver to bring over a busload of winter clothes, she got her eldest son to do it, and she went along. The two of them drove to Latvia and dropped the boxes of clothes at the orphanage.